as we continue our sermon series exploring what Scripture says in answer to the question, what is truth? To this point, we've taken a look at the fact that truth is divine, that it comes from God and God alone. We talked last week about the fact that truth is absolute, that it's objective, that it's true whether we feel like it's true or not. Today, we want to see the unchanging nature of truth. That word unchanging is pretty unfamiliar to us if we really think about it, isn't it? After all, there aren't too many things in this world that are unchanging. There aren't too many things that you can count on day in and day out, week in and week out. And so I thought we could start today with just a little bit of levity, humor, as we talk about changing light bulbs. I bet you're all aware that there are literally hundreds, hundreds of how many people it takes to change a light bulb jokes. Are you aware of that? Is it okay if I share just a couple with you? You really don't have a choice. I'm going to do it anyway, but I will share just a couple with you. So, how many graduate students, this might hit a couple people too close to where they live, but how many graduate students does it take to change a light bulb? Just one, but it might take up to seven years. That's painful for the grad students, I'm sure, right? How many mystery writers does it take to change a light bulb? Two. One to twist it most of the way in, and then the other one to give it a real surprising twist at the end. Yeah. How many country singers does it take to screw in a light bulb? Five, one to screw in the light bulb, and the other four to sing about how great the old light bulb was? <laughs> yeah. And last but not least, okay, maybe not last, but how many bodybuilders does it take to screw in a light bulb? Six, one to actually screw in the light bulb, and the other five to admire how awesome his muscles are and how cut he is? Yeah, I suppose. Maybe you've heard this one. You can use it with all kinds of different groups of people, but people will say it this way. How many of this group of people does it take to change a light bulb? And the answer is change. We don't change, right? See, that's the way we think about change. Change is often something that causes us discomfort, confusion, not knowing exactly where the truth lies, and that's what makes God's truth so special. It's what Jesus is saying as he speaks to his disciples in John chapter 14. He's reminding us that we can find a rock-solid foundation for life in the truth that Jesus is because it never changes. That's what we want to take from Jesus' words to his disciples today, that truth is unchanging. And as we listen to Jesus' words, we will first see that Jesus is the only way to be saved. And then secondly, we'll see that Jesus is always the way to be saved. I'm going to review with you the first three verses of John chapter 14, where Jesus says to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. I want to share with you just a little bit about the context of these words to understand why Jesus is bringing to his disciples such comforting words of promise. These words were spoken by Jesus on Monday, Thursday evening. 
Jesus is sitting in the upper room with his disciples where they have just enjoyed a meal together, the Passover meal. During the course of that meal, if we back up one chapter to chapter 13, Jesus has demonstrated to his disciples the full extent of his love. And I want you just to marvel at that for a moment with me. Here is Jesus, hours, hours away from a horrible death on a cross. And yet his actions and his words were not about himself. He was demonstrating to his disciples the full extent of his love. He did it by washing their feet before the meal. He did it by sharing that Passover meal with them. And then during the course of that meal, Jesus made some prophecies that all of his disciples would desert him and flee. You might even remember that, that Peter objected. He said, no, Jesus, I'm willing to follow you all the way to death. And Jesus reminded Peter that that very night he would disown Jesus three times. It's in the midst of all of this, these ideas swirling in the heads of the disciples, these confused feelings swirling in their hearts that Jesus comes with these words of comfort in chapter 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Jesus is reminding the disciples of his purpose, that he came into this world to seek and to save the lost, to give his life as a ransom for many. And all that would accomplish was the many rooms that were located in his father's house. I'm going to prepare a place for you, Jesus says. That was his purpose, to prepare the disciples not for the best life they could live here in this world, but the life that was to come. Jesus says this to his disciples, you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? It wasn't that the disciples could or should follow Jesus at that point. They weren't going to be able to, but there would, the day would be coming where they would know exactly where Jesus was leading them. You see, at this point in time, the disciples' knowledge is still clouded. It's clouded by their false ideas about who Jesus was, what the Messiah had come to this earth to do. And Thomas demonstrates that with his question. We don't know where you're going, Jesus, so how can we know the way? Do you see in Thomas's question, a question that every single person has? Every single person wrestles with what is truth. You see, Solomon wrote it this way in the third chapter of Ecclesiastes, that God has set eternity in the human heart. You, me, every single person knows in their hearts that there is something after life in this world. And so our lives in this world become a quest for truth, to find the meaning of life. You don't have to read many blogs, listen to much news, look around what's happening in the world to recognize that today we live in a world where there are many truths. Truth has become, some say, tribal, right? What, what's true for one group of people might not be true for another group of people. It's become very political. Truth changes like the wind in our world today. And so it's hard to know, where is this truth found? Don't you find comfort in Jesus' words today? When Jesus unapologetically says to you and me, truth is found only in me. 
Truth is found in only one place, and that's in the words that are spoken about me, this word that your God has given you. Maybe one of the most unique features of Christianity, biblical Christianity, is that it is at the same time inclusive and exclusive. Allow me to explain. You know the inclusive part, right? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. When Jesus came to this world, his death on the cross paid for the sins of all people of all time. Everyone is included in those whom Jesus has paid the price for sin. But at the same time, Christianity is exclusive. There's only one way to secure those blessings that God has won for us in Jesus. There aren't many paths that lead to the same place, but only Jesus, only Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And only through Jesus can we come to the Father. Maybe some of you are familiar with a story called Homeward Bound. If you've seen that movie, it's not very new anymore, but you might recognize that these three pets thought that they were lost and so they set out to find their way back home. They faced challenge after challenge and every decision that they made had the potential of turning out well or turning out badly for them. Spoiler alert, I think the movie's 20 years old so it can't even count as a spoiler alert anymore. They find their way home in the end, right? They make all the right decisions and they make it home but, but there was pressure Every time they faced a decision, was it going to be the right one? Was it going to get them closer to home or lead them further away? What Jesus is saying in this text to his disciples and us is that we are homeward bound. That our home is not here in this life, but with our Lord forever in heaven. And maybe there's a part of us that thinks, well, how do I find the way? How do I find that truth so that I can be on the right path and get to heaven? What wisdom of mind do I need? What hoops do I need to jump through? And all the pressure is off because it isn't about you. It isn't about what you know or what you can do. It's not about me or what I can do. It's about what Jesus has already done. Isn't that amazing to think about? That your salvation is certain because it has nothing to do with you. That I know that I'm going to heaven because it has everything to do with the Father who sent his only Son to take my place. That's what Jesus is driving home with these words in chapter 14, verse 6, when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus' words are not ambiguous, are they? He's clearly giving answer to Thomas's question, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus uses a statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That I am would have brought to mind for the disciples. It would have brought to mind for people who knew the Old Testament, that special name that God had called himself in the Old Testament, Yahweh. The same name that God revealed to Moses at the burning bush when he said, I am who I am. Jesus was demonstrating with his words that he is God. He is the Son of God. And he says clearly, I am the way. Jesus isn't a way to heaven. He's not teaching us the path to heaven. Jesus is the path to heaven, the only path. 
Jesus says, I am the truth. Everything in this world that is genuine, everything that in, it, in this world that is real, it comes from God. It's based on Jesus and the revelation that he has given us in his holy word. Jesus is life. He's life for us right now as he gives purpose and meaning to us living here. But he's life forever. The forever that he's prepared for us with our Father in heaven. No one, Jesus says, comes to the Father except through me. That's the only, right? The only way to get to heaven is through Jesus. But couldn't we also say it's always the way? What a comfort. You don't ever have to worry about one day God deciding, you know what, Jesus was nice, but it's not enough anymore. I'm going to require some things of my people to get to heaven. It's already finished. It's already completed in Jesus, and that truth is unchanging. How rare it is in our world to have something so comforting, so beautiful, be so certain. But that's exactly what Jesus says in his words. Maybe it's hard to come to grips with this whole truth that Jesus is sharing because our minds and our hearts like to think in the exact opposite way. I don't like to hear Jesus say, no one comes to the Father except through me because I like to think that maybe there's just a little bit. There's just a little bit of me that God likes. There's just a little bit of me that God says, that's good enough for me to accept him. But that's not what Jesus says, is it? There isn't even a little bit. Oh, I like to look around the world and think about all the other people in this world that are worse than I am and that maybe I can pat myself on the back a little bit. But even my righteous acts are like filthy rags, God tells us. There's nothing that I can bring before God. There's no one who can come to the Father except through Jesus. Those words are hard to hear. That we don't have a righteousness of our own, a holiness of our own to bring to Jesus. But can I submit to you that we can flip that around? Instead of looking at that as a negative thing, that no one can come to the Father except through Jesus, isn't the opposite true? Everyone and anyone can come to the Father through Jesus? That's exactly what God wants. He wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. It's why Jesus came to this world, to give up his life for you and me, so that we're forgiven and given the gift of eternal life. Yes, that's you. It's us. It's us who Jesus is saying, I am your way to the Father. It's us who Jesus is reminding he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the changeless God who is our source of every good thing and a life with our Lord forever. You get to live your life with confidence every single day because you know where you're going. And you know who is leading you to that heavenly home. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Listen to how Jeremiah describes you and me in this verse in chapter 17, verse 7. He says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. I don't know how you felt when you got out of bed this morning, when you got in the car to drive to church or walked over here. I don't know how you're going to feel in the week ahead or the days and year ahead, but I hope one of the words that you can take with you today is that word that Jeremiah shared, blessed. Because that's what God calls you. 
Blessed because you know the Heavenly Father. Blessed because you know the Son who God sent to take your place. And blessed because a place in heaven is prepared for you. Some takeaways from our sermon today. Number one, truth. Jesus has prepared a place for us in heaven. Don't lose sight of that. When the ups and downs of this life come, when the frustrations boil over, that fact never changes. Your reservation is made for you in heaven. Number two, truth. Jesus completed our, or completed our salvation, so all pressure is off. You don't have to look for your own truth. You don't have to look for a way to get to the Father because Jesus already provided it for you. Finally, number three, truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life today and forever. That is a rock-solid foundation on which to build. That's a truth that you can count on never changing all the way to an eternity with your Lord. I'm going to give you a little assignment this week for your own benefit. You don't have to do it for me. But I'm going to challenge you every day this week, at least once, maybe when you wake up, maybe other times during the day, will you just remind yourself that you are blessed? Blessed to know the grace of God through your Savior Jesus. Blessed to know that a place in heaven is secured for you. Just see as you think about that, as you wake up each day, remind yourself of that during the course of the day, what that changes for you. And no matter what's going on in this world, you are blessed. One of the reasons I picked this sermon series or I wanted to talk about the idea of, of truth is because of how elusive it is in our world today. I think you can all share with me the frustration that we've had over the course of the last 18 months trying to figure out where truth is, right? When it comes to things like vaccinations and masks and distancing and lockdowns, it seems like truth has become so politicized that we don't know what it actually is. And yes, I'm all for trusting the experts and following science, but when one report on one side of things says one thing and another doctor's report or research says another thing, how am I supposed to know where the truth lies? Then I remember what the psalmist said in Psalm 146. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. No matter what is going on in this world, there's one constant unchanging truth that you and I get to hold on to every single day. That's Jesus. That's the one who holds this entire world in his hands, who knows exactly what you're going through and who has heaven prepared for you. That's the amazing nature of the unchanging truth of God. We know where we're going. We know what Jesus has set up for us, a place with our heavenly Father forever. And that's something that we know because it's a promise from our God and because it comes through Jesus, the way, truth, and the life, it will never change. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the reminder today that you are the way, the truth, and the life. We do not have to worry about finding our own way to heaven, discovering truth on our own, because you ask us to follow you, to follow you all the way to the joy of heaven that you've prepared for us. Fill us with comfort and confidence in knowing, Lord, that our place in heaven is secure and guide us to our home with you. We pray in Jesus' name.
Amen.